from Psalm 112. See if these words in Psalm 112 don't sound very much like what we were just reading in Daniel chapter 6. Psalm 112 says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish trust the Lord will bless the word of God to our hearts. This morning we're taking for our text that 22nd verse of Daniel chapter 6 where it reads again my God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouths that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before the O king have I done no hurt this morning I want us to think briefly on what I am going to entitle Shutting the Lion's Mouth. But before we go further, let's just ask the Lord to meet with us. Father, let us know our need to hear from our God. We pray now that thou wilt speak through the word of God. We pray that thou wilt encourage our hearts and our minds. We pray that thou wilt strengthen our faith and our love for thee. Lord, we pray that thou wilt meet with us, that the Holy Spirit will convince us that there is the message of our God meant for us in this time today in these words. Lord, help me now as I serve and I would pray, guide mind and thought and word, and glorify the Son in whose name we now pray. Amen. We often read accounts of the Lord's amazing power and deliverance at different places throughout the scripture. Certainly Daniel's deliverance from the lions was an unusual moment to say the least. What truths should we learn from this incident? Well, we might say, well, our God is a great God of power. That's one. Well, yes. That would be a very important thing to remember, of course. Another is that our enemies cannot vanquish those that belong to the Lord. We need to bear that in mind as we walk through our days and see that there are enemies to the gospel. Was Daniel's deliverance from the lions a miracle? 
Well, the answer is no. There was no suspension of a law of nature involved here. Was it an overruling of the natural tendency of things? Yes, absolutely it was. Lions are immensely dangerous and deadly to a helpless victim, whether man or animal. And that deadliness is compounded when lions are hungry. Well, here in our sixth chapter of Daniel, the overruling of God was that the lion's mouths were shut. They were clamped shut, as it were, so that they did not harm Daniel, even though they were most likely very hungry lions. Now, I'm sure that we have all heard the imaginations of men getting the best of them when it comes to this night in the lion's den by Daniel. I have heard, I think you have too, somebody would say something like this. Well, Daniel just pulled up a big fluffy lion and used him as a pillow until the king woke him in the morning. He probably never had such a good night's sleep. My comment to that is be careful not to make a comedy of God's work. If you consider the nature and the seriousness of the moment honestly and thoughtfully, you can learn a lesson that will help you immensely when you find yourself in a moment of great testing. To simply say that Daniel used a lion for a pillow helps no one. It turns the hour into a whimsy. The words of Daniel in verse 23 give us a truth of that which is immensely valuable. How did God deliver Daniel? Well, Daniel testifies that the Lord sent his angel. Does that mean that there was someone in the den that stayed the night through with Daniel like there was with the three in the furnace? Or did the Lord send an angel but for a moment so as to close the lion's mouths and then leave? Who was the angel? The answer to all of these questions is this. We don't have any idea. But there is an important truth that you need to carry in your mind as you go through your days. And that is, the one who was sent was exactly the one who was needed. And he did exactly what the Lord intended. So what is the correlation to your life now? How does this incident teach you anything about what's going on in your life? Well, think a minute on the words that we read to open our service. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The Lord sent his word. You might say, well, could you say that John chapter 1 means that that is also the Lord Jesus? Well, we read in our Bible reading this morning from John chapter 5, that the Lord Jesus was testifying that he was sent 
by the Father. This says, then, that the Lord sends that which delivers, or the one who delivers. Again, I say certainly this is seen over and over in Scripture. We have two amazing examples in the book of Daniel. We must not forget that the Lord Jesus also was that one who was sent to deliver us from this present evil world. Galatians chapter 1 verse 3. Christ is in many places called the Word. He is called the Angel of the Lord. Along with other names that speak of him as the Lord's provided deliverer. Now I'm not saying that the angel sent to Daniel was the pre-incarnate Christ. What I am saying is that the Lord sends that which delivers. The power of God unto salvation. And deliverance is the power of the word of God. Whether it is spoken by a prophet. Or an angel speaking to a priest in the temple. Whose wife is expecting the forerunner of Christ. Or to a bunch of lions to shut their mouths. The word of God, and I say that again, the word of God in union with the person of Christ and the omnipotence of God's nature delivers. So my point is this. Just as the power of the angel's word stopped the mouths of the lions, so the power of the word that we have in our hands is God's means of delivering us from distress in the moments of our great burdens and trials. So my point that we would seek to prove this morning is this. God's chief means of delivering the saints from all his troubles is the word of God sent to stop the lion's mouth. So we can relate. For we also have that which God has sent. Now I want us to think about this incident, this time, the setting perhaps, if you will, for Daniel's comment to the king and see how this perhaps can even relate more particularly to us today. The first thing I want us to consider is the hour. I want us to think about the hour. What can we say about the hour in which Daniel finds himself delivered from the lions? Well, to be sure, the answer that we can take or give may pre prepare us for what lies before us. Now, you may say in your mind that there is very little and maybe nothing about what faced Daniel in that time that relates to you. Well, that may be so to a degree. But there are certainly some things that are very much the same, and I want us to note them. First, Daniel's hour was an hour of treachery. It was an hour of treachery. Daniel was the victim of devious and malicious plotting on the part of his jealous enemies. He had done nothing wrong. In fact, he had done only good. But he was so hated that his enemies plotted not just to remove him from office, 
but they plotted his death. They wanted to see him torn to pieces. Now you think about the various ways in which someone may have been executed in that day, but these men, in their decree that the king so unwisely signed, stipulated that he should be thrown to the lions. They wanted to see him torn in pieces. Now, we also need to note this, that the extent of the treachery was not at first perceived by Daniel. He was unaware of the wickedness until he heard of the signed decree. You say, what's, what's the point? How does this relate to me? Simply this. The devil, who we might say is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, is not desiring just to cause you pain. But you think about that. The desire of the devil is not to cause you pain. The desire of the devil is not to bring you to tears. His temptations are not just to ruin your life and your name. Rather, he is the roaring lion that seeks to shred and devour. He wants your death. Do not think that the devil operates with any other desire concerning the child of God but to destroy him, to devour him, to shred him. Now, who can stand up to the cunning and workings of such a one as the devil? You can't. I can't. (coughs) We will be torn to pieces unless there's a deliverance. It was an hour of treachery. Second, I want you to see this. It was an hour of testing. This also relates to you and me very directly. With Daniel, the question of the hour was this. Is faith in the living God going to compel me to do what is pleasing to him or is the very natural and I underscore this natural desire to avoid trouble and preserve life more important now your being says I don't want trouble I don't I want to preserve that's that's extremely natural that this would be a, com- a conflict is not an unusual thing But the question came down to Daniel, is God more important in worshiping and loving your God, or is it more important to preserve life? You know, the apostles also were faced with this very same situation. Acts chapter 5, verse 29, Peter answers those that were oppressing and also desired to do do what was done to Daniel. Those that were opposed to the gospel in the day of the apostles were very much wanting to see an end to it in a very violent way. But Peter answers in Acts 5.29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. You know, the three Hebrew friends of Daniel had the same test. Of course, there was the erecting of the great figure that everyone was supposed to fall down and worship when they heard the sound of the music. And when these three friends of Daniel refused to do so, it says in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not 
careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. My point to you is that it will cost to, to follow Christ. There is a cost to follow Christ. There is a time of testing that may very well face us. Now, I'm not talking just about persecution. That does happen from time to time. But there's also a test. Is it more important for you to walk with God and to obey God than the things that you're own self would say, now this is good, this is this is right, I should have this. Or it makes sense to do this. Because if you don't, what will happen? What a terrible result will happen. You will have to battle with self many, many times over in your life. What's the testing? The testing is this. Is God and obeying God and loving God and worshiping Him being true to the Savior, is that more important? Or the things that my natural senses tell me I cannot do without? It was an hour of testing. Third, it was an hour of trouble. It was an hour of trouble. You say, what do you mean? Well, I mean this. The moment came when Daniel, because of his unwillingness to deny his God, the moment came when the sentence was executed. Daniel was pushed into the den of lions. What now? You will face times when it all comes upon you. You have nothing that you can do. Surely, this is the hour of your ruin. You will see destruction. There will come times when it all boils down to the sentence being executed, so to speak. So you're ruined. But wait. John 10, 28 says, from the words of Christ, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now wait a minute. There comes the hour when you're actually pushed into the den of lions as it were and yet the Lord Jesus says at the same time no man is going to pluck them out of my hand. How do those two things coincide? How does that coincide with my falling into the presence of the lion that will tear me to pieces? Well what that means is that even in your hour of trouble the lion cannot do what he wants. And may I say it this way with the words of Martin Luther, one little word shall fell him. And I underscore word. Whose word? The sent word. One little word shall fell him. Fourth, I want you to see this. It was an hour of testimony. You say, Daniel gave a testimony to the deliverance of the Lord. He surely did. But I want you to understand that the deliverance that I'm talking about the preservation that I'm referring to, the perseverance, is the testimony of every true child of God. Every child of God has the same testimony. You think about it in Scripture. Daniel had his testimony. We just read it. Jacob had a testimony. Peter had 
David had. And even the thief on the cross, when you really think about it, had a testimony. I've been delivered. When all is honestly recalled, all have a common testimony. The Lord sent his angel and stopped the mouth of the lion. If you're in Jesus Christ, that is your testimony. That is your ongoing testimony. And I say you will come at some point or other in your life, child of God, whether it's now or maybe even at some other time afterwards when all is done. You will say as Daniel, Daniel said, you will give that testimony. Now this brings us to consider that which the Lord provides in order to deliver. So, my second point. We notice not only the hour, but we notice the provision. The provision. God provided. He sent his angel. Now the point that I need to make right at the start is that the deliverance that Daniel saw was not a deliverance of Daniel's making. Your deliverance also will not be of anything that you do or the character that you possess. Now someone might argue, but if you were ever like Daniel, he was a man of great holiness and goodness. If you read verse 4 of chapter 6, then the presidents and the princes sought to find an occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not find anything nor any occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful neither was there any error or fault found in him he said, well, yes Daniel was a man of great character great holiness in Daniel chapter 10 verse 19 it says that the Lord was holding Daniel in great loving regard he says to Daniel that you are one who is greatly beloved in fact it says O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be upon thee. Be strong, yea, be strong. That's the Lord's message to this man. Yet despite this, apart from the intervention of God, there would have been no saving of the life of Daniel. The testimony of the king was the same conclusion. Daniel was a dead man unless God stepped in. The Lord made a provision of a sent one for Daniel. And I underscore that. He made the provision of a sent one. So means the term angel here. And I would underscore that it was the power of God in the message of God in the mouth of God's sent one that came from the throne of God that stopped the mouths of the lions. But the character of Daniel was not why the angel was sent. I want you to understand that and get that in your mind. It was not because Daniel was so great that God sent the angel to deliver him. I would say there was another angel that was sent to a very unworthy man when he was about to face the host of 400 men set on revenge. Jacob wrestled with the angel sent to him and saw a wonderful deliverance. Certainly, Jacob was not a worthy man. 
But the point is this. The Lord has sent his powerful to de deliverance to all his saints. That deliverance is his word. The word and the sent one, the Lord Jesus, are one. I emphatically ex put exclamation points behind that. The word and the sent one are one. Think about the Lord Jesus' words of deliverance. He uses the word. Sent, he was sent to do the Father's will. And he testifies, I don't speak anything but what the Father has put in my mouth to speak. Now think of the different things that he spoke. Did the Father put these words in his mouth? What did he say? Lazarus, come forth! Word of deliverance. Did the Father mean for him to say that? Absolutely. I thank thee, Father, that thou hast sent me, that thou hast revealed thyself to these how about this one? I will be thou clean. Or this one. Take up thy bed and walk. Or this one. Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Or how about this one? Made I say unto thee arise. Or to this one. Go and sin no more. All of these were words given to Christ to speak over the saints of God. There are words right here in this book that are spoken by Christ over you. But there are others. Later, if we read throughout the scriptures, not just the words of Christ, but think about these words of deliverance. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. Or... And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. My point to you is simply this. You have a means of deliverance for your lion den times. God has given you the means of deliverance. What will stop the mouths of the roaring lion that tempts you? Or that condemns you? What is the answer for the hour of trouble? Again, I come back to my point. Psalm 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us, in all our tribulation. For all the promises of God are in him. Yea and in him. Amen unto the glory of God by us. My point to you this morning is this. That the word. The word is the sent one. The word is that which is given of God. Sent to all his people. To be the means of deliverance. To deliver them. From the mouth of the lion. Well, I come to my last point, and that is the result. The result. The result for Daniel may have been far greater than what I will mention here. There's things that the Lord did because of that deliverance that day that you and I may never, ever know. We might ask a question, what did his deliverance do for the greater knowledge and trust of the Lord's people that witnessed this? particularly those of the Jews. Was there, was there something that this deliverance said to them? 
Did, was there a work done in their hearts? We don't know. Maybe so. Probably so. What was his relationship with the king going forward from this point? What was he able to do in the name of the king and through the king's power? In days that shortly would come in which the people of God would return to Jerusalem. You know, I don't know this. It's just in the list of those that return back to Jerusalem. There's a couple of names that are there prominently that I have no idea if they are this person or not. This just mere speculation. But when you read down to the list of the people that went through, Daniel's name is listed. Also, um, is Mordecai's name listed? You think, well, is it possible that Daniel? Well, I don't know that. I don't know that. But you have all these questions. What happened because of this deliverance? Well, I say there are two things mainly that I, I just would, they're surface things that I want us to note. The first thing is that the lion's mouths were stopped. The Lord sent his sent one. What he says, I am going to issue this from my throne to do a work that will not return to me void. I am sending this. So, what happens? First things, the lion's mouths were stopped. Let me ask you a question. Are you ever in a deadly battle with the devil? Well, let me just sort of um, rephrase that, maybe, uh, or, or comment to that. Uh, there is no other kind of battle with the devil. There's not the mild battle. There's not the little temptations. Everything that the devil does is part of a plot to bring you to a greater end, and that is the end of destruction. But the point is this, to stop him completely, you need what God has sent. You need the word of God. He cannot withstand it. He cannot stand before it. So again, I say, hide it in your heart. Hide it in your heart. The second thing that's a result was the enemies were vanquished. The enemies were vanquished. Now, you and I are going to have to take this perhaps and say, well, this is, this is a spiritualizing, this is a, uh, uh, an application that is not direct. Well, Daniel's enemies were these devious, dastardly, plotting, wicked men. But you and I have enemies. We have things that lie within our own hearts. We have sins, we have failures. We have things that cause us troubles. Not just the devil, but our old heart that is desperately wicked above all things. What is the agency of God to deal with the wicked heart that we possess? What is it that is meant to deal with that which is against us, which we cannot control? You know, we often think that our sins, our failures, and so forth, will be our undoing. We see our weakness and conclude that there is no answer. But there is. God has sent it. So, in conclusion, I say this. Look to what God has sent. Look to what God has sent. 
In it is his power. It is his means of delivering. It is his path to cleansing. The psalmist says, and I conclude with this, Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? What's the answer? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The sent word, the sent one. God sent his angel and stopped the mouths of the lions. Yes, that's a that's a truth that affects us all. That's God's means of delivering us from ourselves and from the lion that would tear us to shreds. Well, may the Lord bless his word to us for Jesus' sake. Let's pray. Father in heaven, now we pray that you will take our thanks for allowing us to consider the word of God. We pray that thou will use the word and allow it to remain with us and in our hearts and minds. Bless us then as we leave this place. Keep us close to thyself, we would ask, as we walk through thy day. We pray it all in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen.